Section 7 of Library of the World's Best Literature, Ancient and Modern, Volume 13. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Sonia. Library of the World's Best Literature, Ancient and Modern, Volume 13. Section 7. Selected excerpts from the Eddas. The Lay of Thrym from the elder edda wroth was vingthor when he awoke and his hammer missed his beard he shook his forehead struck the son of earth felt all around him and first of all these words he uttered hear now loki what i now say which no one knows anywhere on earth nor in heaven above the ass's hammer is stolen they went to the fair freya's dwelling and he these words first of all said wilt thou me freya thy feather garment lend that perchance my hammer i may find freya that i would give thee although of gold it were and trust it to thee though it were of silver flew then loki the plumage rattled until he came beyond the aesir's dwellings and came within the jotun's land on the mount sat thrym the thursar's lord for his greyhounds plating gold bands and his horse's mane smoothing thrym how goes it with the aesir how goes it with the alfar why art thou come alone to jotunheim loki ill it goes with the aesir ill it goes with the alfar hast thou loridi's hammer hidden thrym i have loridi's hammer hidden eight rasps beneath the earth it shall no man get again unless he bring me freya to wife flew then loki the plumage rattled until he came beyond the jotun's dwellings and came within the aesir's courts there he met thor in the middle court who these words first of all uttered hast thou had success as well as labour tell me from the air the long tidings oft of him who sits are the tales defective and he who lies down utters falsehood loki i have had labour and success thrym has thy hammer the thursar's lord it shall no man get again unless he bring him freya to wife they went the fair freya to find and he those words first of all said bind thee freya in bridal raiment we too must drive to jotunheim wroth then was freya and with anger chafed all in aesir's hall beneath her trembled in shivers flew the famed breezing our necklace know me to be of women lewdest if with thee i drive to jotunheim straightway went the aesir all to council and the aesir all to hold converse and deliberated the mighty gods how they hloridi's hammer might get back then said heimdall of aesir brightest he well foresaw like other vanir let us clothe thor with bridal raiment let him have the famed breezing on necklace let by his side keys jingle and woman's weeds fall round his knees but on his breast place precious stones and a neat quaff set on his head then said thor the mighty ass me the aesir will call womanish if i let myself be clad in bridal raiment then spake loki laugh his son do thou thor refrain from such like words 
forthwith the jotuns will asgard inhabit unless thy hammer thou gettest back then they clad thor in bridal raiment and with the noble brisingar necklace led by his side keys jingle and woman's wreaths fall round his knees and on his breast placed precious stones and a neat quaff set on his head then said loki laugh his son i will with thee as a servant go we too will drive to jotunheim straightway were the goats homeward driven hurried to the traces they had fast to run the rocks were shivered the earth was in a blaze odin's son drove to jotunheim then said thrym the thursar's lord rise up jotuns and the benches deck now they bring me freya to wife njord's daughter from Nortun. hither to our court let bring gold-horned cows all black oxen for the jotuns joy treasures i have many necklaces many freya alone seemed to me wanting in the evening they early came and for the jotuns beer was brought forth thor alone an ox devoured salmons ate and all the sweetmeats women should have sif's consort drank three salts of mead then said thrym the thursar's prince where hast thou seen brides eat more voraciously i never saw brides feed more amply nor maiden drink more mead said the all-crafty serving-maid close by who words fitting found against the jotun's speech freya has nothing eaten for eight nights so eager was she for jotunheim under her veil he stooped desirous to salute her but sprang back along the hall why are so piercing freya's looks methinks that fire burns from her eyes said the all-crafty serving-maid close by who words fitting found against the jotun's speech freya for eight nights has not slept so eager was she for jotunheim in came the jotun's luckless sister for a bride gift she dared to ask give me from thy hands the ruddy rings if thou wouldst gain my love my love and favour all then said thrym the thursar's lord bring the hammer in the bride to consecrate lay mjolnir on the maiden's knee unite us each with other by the hand of vur laughed loridi's soul in his breast when the fierce-hearted his hammer recognized he first slew thrym the thursar's lord and the jotun's race all crushed he slew the jotun's aged sister her who a bride gift had demanded she a blow got instead of skillings a hammer stroke from many rings so got odin's son his hammer back translation of benjamin thorpe in the edda of samund the learned of the lamentation of gudrun over sigurd dead first lay of gudrun gudrun of old days drew near to dying as she sat in sorrow over sigurd yet she sighed not nor smote hand on hand nor wailed she aught as other women then went earls to her full of all wisdom fain help to deal to her dreadful heart hushed was gudrun of wail or greeting but with heavy woe was her heart a-breaking bright and fair sat the great earl's brides gold arrayed before gudrun each told the tale of her great trouble the bitterest bale she erst abode then spake jaflaug yuki's sister lo upon earth i live most loveless who of five maids must see the ending of daughters twain and three sisters 
of brethren eight and abide behind lonely naught get gudrun of wail or greeting so heavy was she for her dead husband so dreadful-hearted for the king laid dead there then spake herborg queen of hunland crueler tale have i to tell of of my seven sons down in the southlands and the eighth man my mate fell in the death-mead father and mother and four brothers on the wide sea the winds and death played with the billows beat on the bulwark boards alone must i sing over them alone must i array them alone must my hands deal with their departing and all this was in one season's wearing and none was left for love or solace then was i bound the prey of the battle when that same season wore to its ending as a tiring may must i bind the shoon of the duke's high dame every day at dawning from her jealous hate get i heavy mocking cruel lashes she laid upon me never met i better master or mistress worser in all the wide world naught get gudrun of wail or greeting so heavy was she for her dead husband so dreadful-hearted for the king laid dead there then spake gulrond yuki's daughter o foster-mother wise as thou mayst be naught canst thou better the young wife's bale and she bade uncover the dead king's corpse she swept the sheet away from sigurd and turned his cheek toward his wife's knees look on thy loved one lay lips to his lips even as thou wert clinging to thy king alive yet once looked gudrun one look only and saw her lord's locks lying all bloody the great man's eyes glazed and deadly and his heart's bulwark broken by sword edge back then sank gudrun back on the bolster loosed was her head array red did her cheeks grow and the raindrops ran down over her knees then wept gudrun giuki's daughter so that the tears flowed through the pillow as the geese withal that were in the home field the fair fowls the may owned fell a screaming then spake gulrond giuki's daughter surely knew i no love like your love among all men on the mould abiding naught wouldst thou joy in without or within doors o my sister save beside sigurd then spake gudrun giuki's daughter such was my sigurd among the sons of giuki as is the king leek over the low grass waxing or a bright stone strung on band or a pearl of price on a prince's brow once was i counted by the king's warriors higher than any of helion's maids now am i as little as the leaf may be amid wind-swept wood now when dead he lieth i miss from my seat i miss from my bed my darling of sweet speech wrought the sons of giuki wrought the sons of giuki this sore sorrow yea for their sister most sore sorrow so may your lands lie waste on all sides as ye have broken your bounden oaths never shall thou gunnar the gold have joy of the dear-bought rings shall drag thee to death whereon thou swearest oath unto sigurd ah in the days bygone great mirth in the home-field when my sigurd set saddle on grani and they went their ways for the wooing of brunhild an ill day an ill woman and most ill hap then spake brynhild budli's daughter 
May the woman lack both love and children who gained greeting for thee, O Gudrun, who gave thee this morning many words. Then spake Gulrond, Giuki's daughter, Hold peace of such words, thou hated of all folk. The bane of brave men hast thou been ever. All waves of ill wash over thy mind. To seven great kings hast thou been a sore sorrow, and the death of goodwill to wives and women. Then spake Brynhild, Budli's daughter, None but Udli brought bale upon us, my very brother born of Budli. When we saw in the hall of the Hunnish people the gold gleaming on the kingly gukings, I have paid for that faring oft and fully, and for the sight that then I saw. By a pillar she stood and strained its wood to her. From the eyes of Brynhild, Budli's daughter, flashed out fire, and she snorted forth venom as the sore wounds she gazed on of the dead slain Sigurd. William Morris in the story of the Völsungs and Nibelungs, translated by Magnusson and Morris, London, 1870. The Waking of Brunhild on the Hindfell by Sigurd, from the story of Sigurd the Völsung, by William Morris. He looketh and loveth her sore, and he longeth her spirit to move, and awaken her heart to the world, that she may behold him and love. And he toucheth her breast and her hands, and he loveth her passing sore. And he saith, Awake, I am Sigurd, but she moveth never the more. Then he looked on his bare bright blade, and he said, Thou, what wilt thou do? For indeed as I came by the wargarth thy voice of desire I knew. Bright burnt the pale blue edges, for the sunrise drew near, and the rims of the shieldberg glittered, and the east was exceeding clear. So the eager edges he setteth to the dwarf-wrought battle-coat, where the hammered ring-knit collar constraineth the woman's throat. But the sharp wrath biteth and rendeth, and before it fail the rings, and lo, the gleam of the linen, and the light of golden things. Then he driveth the blue steel onward, and through the skirt and out, till naught but the rippling linen is wrapping her about. Then he deems her breath comes quicker, and her breast begins to heave, so he turns about the war-flame and rends down either sleeve, till her arms lie white in her raiment, and the river of sun-bright hair flows free over bosom and shoulder and floods the desert bare. Then a flush cometh over her visage, and a sigh upheaveth her breast, and her eyelids quiver and open, and she wakeneth into rest. Wide-eyed on the dawning she gazeth, too glad to change or smile, and but little moveth her body, nor speaketh she yet for a while, and yet kneels Sigurd moveless, her wakening speech to heed, while soft the waves of the daylight over the starless heavens speed, and the gleaming rims of the shieldberg yet bright and brighter grow, and the thin moon hangeth her horn dead white in the golden glow. Then she turned and gazed on Sigurd, and her eyes met the Volsung's eyes, and mighty and measureless now did the tide of his love arise. For their longing had met and mingled, and he knew of her heart that she loved, as she spake unto nothing but him, and her lips with the speech-flood moved. Oh, what is the thing so mighty that my weary sleep hath torn, and rent the fellow bondage, and the wan woe overworn? He said, The hand of Sigurd and the sword of Sigmund's son, and the heart that the Volsungs fashioned, this deed for thee have done. But she said, where then is Odin that laid me here alow? 
Long lasteth the grief of the world and manfolk's tangled woe. He dwelleth above, said Sigurd, but I on the earth abide, and I came from the glittering heath the waves of thy fire to ride. But therewith the sun rose upward and lightened all the earth, and the light flashed up to the heavens from the rims of the glorious girth. Then they turned and were knit together, and oft and over again they craved, and kissed rejoicing, and their hearts were full and fain. End of section 7